Good morning, everyone. Um, it's really nice seeing you all. It's, I see there's some people that's coming back for the first time in like a year now. So really welcome to you guys. It's, it's awesome to have you back and seeing quite a new number of visitors as well. Um, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, for those who are visiting, even if you've just been visiting for a short while now, you'll see things are crazy at the moment. Um, I think in a lot of different churches, just unsure how to handle things, unsure where to be, where to give ourselves, how to do Sundays. And um, I think even for us, it's been a journey in, in what is happening. Thanks, Andre. And um, so we're actually meeting two different groups that we're rotating on Sunday. So one group is meeting here. The rest of the people are meeting together in, in houses. So if you're visiting and you come next week, you'll see a whole lot of other faces again. And it's just, it's, we're really trying to find God in, in the best way that we can in the season of, of how is it that we give ourselves? What is it that we do? Um, and it's really just been so cool to see how, how everyone has given themselves to it. Um, and I was just thinking during worship, it's like, let's, let's continue. Let's continue giving ourselves. Let's find God in whatever way we're going in this direction. Let's throw ourselves into that. It's not what I'm preaching about, though. So... I just quickly want to pray for us, and then I'll jump right in. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for, for being with us, that you have given yourself to us. Lord, and I thank you just for the things that you call us to, that you don't call us to, to stay infants in faith, but you call us to maturity. You call us to grow in you. Thank you that you've given us your word and your example, just of what that looks like, Lord. And I, I ask that this morning that our hearts will be open to receive from you, and that you'll speak clearly just in the things that you're busy with. Amen. So 2021 is actually quite a big year for me. After seven years since I left matric, I finally entered the adult world. I feel so mature all of a sudden. I no longer just dress like this when I'm preaching, but I actually wear college shirts every single day started paying taxes now. I started paying my own insurance <laughs> and all the nice adult sort of things. And now if I, if I look at my days at university, I, I giggle at some of the things that I found difficult. And I cringe at the way that I handled certain situations and just the mindset that I had back then. But if I look back at my life, I think this is actually quite a recurring thing. When you by the time that you get to matric, you look back at the rest of high school, you, you're like, what on earth was I thinking? And you get to university, and you like, I thought I was this cool kid. Now I'm at university. The world is so much bigger. You get to the end of university where, where I am now, and you're like, freak, there's so much more. And last weekend, we, we had a time away with a few of the leaders from church, and so many people have babies at the moment. And I think they're looking at me again, and they're like, you've got no idea what's coming. And then later on, where Warren is with older kids again, I think there's constantly this growing, this understanding, and you look back, and you're like, whoa, how far have I actually come already? But I was just wondering, at what point in our lives do we consider ourselves mature? Like, what are characteristics of someone who is mature? So if we, if we speak about someone having emotional maturity, 
we typically speak of someone who's, who's able to identify what's going on in here and manage that irrespective of, of the circumstances they're in. At university, they had this interesting concept of intellectual maturity. Um, and like classic academics do, like throwing in a few big words there. So it's the ability to identify your own biases and grapple with ideas that may differ from your disposition. But when it comes to our faith, what are characteristics of someone who is mature in their faith? What are some of the things that you think about um, when, when you get asked this question? Is it the person who is older, who's still in front, jumping up and down and giving their everything? Is it the person during worship who's reserved and collected and looks like they're having this deep moment? What is it that you think about? In Colossians 1, verse 28 to 29, we, we see our Paul writes, Him we crucify. Oh, Him we crucify. <laughs> I'm jumping on here. <laughs> him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Um, verse 29. Um, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So Paul's saying what he's giving himself to, what he's laboring for, what he's toiling for, is to present every single person mature in God. So the, then the question becomes, Paul has this thing that he's working towards. He wants to see every one of us mature in Jesus. So what are some of the characteristics that he would consider of someone who is mature in faith? And this morning I want to focus in only on one specific passage of Scripture in which, which Paul actually speaks about maturity. And it was initially quite a, a thing to get my head around. So this is in Philippians 3, verse 12 to 15. Not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Let those of, let those of us who are mature think this way, and if any Anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. I love Paul's attitude of disagreement. If you think differently to me, don't worry. <laughs> God will reveal this to you. But he, he says, let us who are mature think in this specific way. And the two parts that he, he gives us. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, pressing on toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ. So firstly, forgetting what lies behind. So in, in the previous section, just before this, this portion in, in Philippians 3, Paul throws out some, some like subtle bragging of how even before he came to know Jesus, he was zealous for the things of God and the way that he, he persecuted the church. And then past the point of coming to know Jesus, how he has abandoned everything, counts everything as nothing for the sake of knowing God. Like he's been through a lot. He's given himself to a lot. And despite all of these things, he identifies that the mature way of thinking is this. I haven't obtained it, 
I can't base my walk on the things that have passed. I can't judge myself on the successes or the failures of the previous seasons. So last year, I attended the first old boys reunion after leaving school, and it was a it was an event that they had in, in Cape Town. <laughs> so it ended up being myself and one other friend from our year group in 2013. And the second youngest group of people that were there f was from the year 2001. And other than that, it was like 20, 30, 40 year, like after they matriculated that, that was at this event. And it was fascinating <laughs> See, seeing 50, 60 year olds becoming 18 year olds again in the way that they speak and the way that they celebrate certain things and tell certain stories. But what is actually quite sad for me is that for some of these guys, when they start speaking about high school, you can see that it was their everything. They almost take up this persona again of the high school them. And I'm just thinking, I mean, I've, I've been out of school, this is year eight now, and so much has happened since I left matric. I've grown so much, I've experienced so much. It's just, it's continually getting better. I'm thinking, like, these guys haven't moved on for 20, 30, 40 years. They're still stuck in this way of thinking, like, this was the heydays. And just in, in conversation with, with some Christians even, I sometimes pick up this same sort of thinking. And the danger is not that we celebrate something that happened in the past. It's that there's this, there's this unhealthy holding on to to it in two primary ways. And if, if you've been to any of my, of my sermons, you'll realize that I like using illustrations. So I'm going to use an illustration for this. Okay, just give me a moment to make this happen. <laughs> so, if this piece of toilet paper that stretches across the front here represents our, our walk with God since the moment that we came to know Jesus until today, where we are right now, the present. So I think for all of us, even if you've just known Jesus for a little while, you would have seen that somewhere in this walk, you would have experienced different things with God. So somewhere along the line, you maybe just got to know Jesus, and there was this time where you were just passionate, like zealous for the things of God. I mean, anything, you would just be there. If there was an event, you would go. You would wake up early mornings. You would give yourself in, in whatever way because you just had this thing burning inside of you. Then at some point, God might have showed up in really cool ways and you had these encounters with Him and it, it completely rocked your world. And every time that you prayed, you would feel God's closeness. You'd, every time you opened the Word, it felt like He was speaking to you in, in such incredible ways. Then also maybe at, 
at some other point, you realize that, wow, okay, this, this Christi- Christianity thing isn't just for me, myself. Like, God actually gives us the church. He actually connects us to other people, and our eyes open to like, whoa, it's not just me, and there's so much more to this, and, and we throw ourselves into this. We throw ourselves into the relationships that we have in church life, making sacrifices to get to, to community, to get to Sunday mornings, and we really see the wonder of it. Now, the two problems that I want to highlight is, is firstly, for, for some of us, these, like looking back where you are now, these were such big, incredible moments. And since that point, you haven't really experienced it in that sort of way. So then what happens is where I'm now, rather than moving forward, I start looking at these things that happened in the past, and I try to replicate them where I am now. So instead of trying to move in this direction, it's like I'm, I'm constantly trying to get back to where I was. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back to that time. You know, that time when Jesus spoke to me so clearly, where I experienced him in the mornings, or that time when, when I was passionate and was full of zeal for God. And now your Christian walk is just trying to reproduce something that was in the past. And the second thing is these things might become sort of a spiritual or conscience tick list that we, we just try and settle for ourselves. So what do I mean? Where you are now, you look at, at younger people who, who came to know Jesus recently, and you see how passionate they are for God. And you think, it's like, yeah, I, I was like that back in the day. Like I did that. I, was, I really gave myself to these things. But what's the reality of that in moving forward? You, you might have had incredible encounters with God, and He might have broken open so many things to you through the Word. And now when people start speaking and you look back and you're like, what I know is actually really profound. Like God downloaded so much to me during that, that time of my life. Um, it's, more, it's probably more than the people around me. Like, but w- what, are we, what are we doing with that? Like, is what we learned there a reality as we move forward? Are we, are we hearing God? Are we, do we have an expectation for him to speak as we go in this direction? And it's not to replicate what you had there. Is the heart in the same place? Or when we start speaking about church-related things, and you think back of the time where you didn't have kids, and you (laughs) weren't married, and the church was your everything, and you threw yourself into it, you made sacrifices to be there, you served wherever you can, and now, for you, it's something, I did that. Again, the question is, like, what is the reality of this in your lives right now? Are we still trying to hold on to something that we previously had? It's time to let go of what lies behind. 
But I think also just on on the flip side, for some of us, it might actually not be positive things that still have this thing in the back of our mind, but it, it might actually be failure. So last week, for those who, who were here, one of the words that, that came out was um, the freedom of God, God calling us as, as overcomers. And we had this time where quite a number of people actually prayed and thanked God for, for the freedom that he brought in specific areas of their lives, whether it was someone prayed of, of lying, of shame, of certain addictions, of insecurities, of selfishness. When you think of your past, when you think of things that you previously did, or actually still might be struggling with at the moment, do you still feel the hold of those things in your life? Like, is there still this guilt and shame in the back of your mind when you think of the life that you used to live or the things that you're giving yourself to even at the moment? And I just want to remind us, I think growing up in a Christian culture, this is often something that we hear, but I just want to remind us, the very basis <laughs> of the Christian message is that we are utterly messed up. That every single one of us, our starting point is separation from God. That everything that we do falls short of the standard of Jesus. No matter what expression that sin might have taken, it's sin and it's disgusting in the eyes of God. And at the same time, the Christian message is not make a lifestyle change and then come and join this group of people at Josh Jen and start living differently. At the heart of the Christian message is that in our brokenness, in our sin, in our shame, Jesus came. He lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we should have died in our place. He took all of our sin, all of our mistakes, all of our brokenness, all of our shame, things that was mentioned earlier, the lies, the selfishness, the insecurities. He took it on himself. And now, by grace, he offers this to us as a free gift. And as we come to receive it, we, we see in 2 Corinthians 5, our Paul speaks, that if we come in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. If I look at my life, the old is gone. There was a, a guy in, in Wellington in one of the residences who, who was quite, quite rough in, in the way that he lived at university. And there was a story of in the res where he stayed, and there was a corner where he actually just walked up to someone, punched him, and knocked the guy, the guy out. So... I'm going to use some alias for this guy. So let's say his name was Kuis. <laughs> so so they, they spoke about Kuis's corner. Then this guy came to know Jesus, and he, he joined the church. And someone in the church, like just as a little joke, sort of said, um, so, so tell us about Kuis's corner. And he's like, I, I don't know what you're speaking about. And I was like, we're, we're getting a bit awkward. 
And he said, no, I don't know what you're speaking about because Quirce is dead. Like that, that Quirce is no longer alive. I'm new in Jesus. What an incredible way of thinking. It's like, but is, is that a reality for us? Like, do we, do we really believe this? That Andre in Jesus is a new creation. That Michelle in Jesus is a new creation. That Stewie in Jesus is a new creation. The old is gone. I do not need to hold on to the old. And the new has come. In Galatians 5 verse 1, Paul says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Where we are now, the things that we might even be struggling with, or if we look back and, and still the shame and the brokenness that we carry of our past, are we submitting again to the yoke, to this heaviness of slavery? Or do we see this morning that for freedom, Jesus has come to set you free? He's calling you to walk in freedom. Are you still holding on to slavery, sin, or shame? It's time to let go of what lies behind. Back in Philippians 3, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. So, first part, the forgetting, the letting go of the things that has passed. And then the second part, and the majority of, of translations uh, gives this phrase as straining forward or reaching forward. In verse 14, uh, it, it, it translates the word as pressing on or pressing forward. And all of these have this connotation of a continued action. There's a real role and responsibility that we have in this. There's the reality of Jesus has come to set me free. Jesus has called me even to, to forget, to let go of positive and negative things in the past. But I've got the role, I've got the responsibility to strain forward, to press on. We see in the, the Gospels when Jesus comes to his disciples, how the call to each one of them is, Come and follow me. And for all of us, that was the call as well if you've come to know Jesus. Come and follow him. See, Jesus isn't just calling us to, like, to this picture that you need to fulfill and have these sort of characteristics. Jesus is on a journey with every single one of us, us collectively. He's on the move. He's busy. He desires to do so much in us. And what is our response? Is it still the same as, as when we first said yes to him, of God, I want to follow you? Are we actually, God, I want to stay and step wherever it is that you're leading, 
wherever it is that you are going, whatever it is that you are doing. For those of us who, who have tried to replicate or work towards these things in our past where, where God did prominent things, the call of Jesus is to strain forward and to press on. For those of us who have settled for certain past experiences but lack the reality of it in our lives at the moment, the call of Jesus is to strain forward and to press on. And for those of us who still experience shame and brokenness and still have these forms of slavery in our lives, Jesus is calling you to freedom this morning. Strain forward and press on. And the call is not, again, just to have a few things that we want to get to and tick off and go on with our lives. The call is to walk with them which requires dependency on him. And this morning, it's like that's, that's what I want to call us to, not for, for things to be expressed in a certain way or, or to prop you up and say, okay, this is what you need to have. But I want us to just consider our hearts. Are, are we following Jesus? Do we have this mature mind among us that we not held back by the successes or the failures of what lies behind but where we are right now next step next step we're following Jesus so if, if we can maybe just stand if everyone can just stand in response we can maybe just close our eyes. Let's just consider this for a moment. Where, where are you? Where are you really? Are you discouraged and feeling burnt out because you, you're trying to work at something that was in the past? Lay it down before Jesus this morning. Are you still trying to ride on the, the successes of previous seasons or the expressions of the previous seasons and justifying what you're doing at the moment based on that? Allow the Lord to come and search our hearts. David writes in, the, in, in Psalms and he says, Search me and know me, O God. Find if there's any grievous way within me and lead me in life everlasting. Even now, just open up your heart. Let, let God put his finger on, on, on some things. And then in the, in the other category, maybe you're still experiencing that shame from things that has happened. Come this morning to Jesus. His arms are open wide. He's ready to forgive. He's ready to meet with love and with a smile with full acceptance. Not on the basis on the things that you have done, not because you have done well since that point, but because of His love and because of His grace.
maybe there's, there's some of you that have actually never experienced the freedom that is found in Jesus. And I want to say this morning it is available for you. This call to be set free, this call to walk with God, you now have the opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. So wherever you are, just bring that before Jesus as I, I pray for us. Now, thank you, God, that you desire for us to be mature sons and daughters. Lord, and I, I thank you that you free us to walk and to grow and to be with you. And Lord, I, I pray anything in our past that, that still holds us back, if it's a success or failures, God, we... We want to lay it down. We want to forget. We want to strain forward and be where you are. Lord, I, I pray that you would grow us up in every single way. God, for those of us who have experienced re really cool things in you, I pray for more, Lord. Come and awaken the desire for more. That we will grow in our relationship with you. That we will grow in our expression. Whatever way that plays out in our lives, God. Just come and stir that desire within us again. Lord, and then thank you so much just for what you did for us on the cross. Thank you for the freedom that is available to us, God. And I pray, Lord, any yoke of slavery that, that we still hold on to, Lord, that even now that you would come, that you would come and break, that we would feel the lifting of that heaviness. God, that any lie that, that still causes us to hold on to these things or think that, that we deserve to carry the shame, Lord, that that would be broken and that we would experience the freedom that only you are able to bring. Help us to be a people that are sensitive to you, sensitive to your leading, sensitive to the things that you are taking us into, individually, Lord, but also as a body. We really want to follow you. We want to be in step with you, God. Come and strengthen us. Like Paul, we would be able to say that we strain on to what lies ahead. That we press on for this upward call of God for every single one of us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, if there is anything specific that, that has stood out for you, um, please also speak about it. There's so much so much power in, in the speaking about it. And like we said, it's, it's a moving forward. It's a process that we're continually going through. There's people all around. If you're a visitor, if you came by yourself, you're welcome to come chat to me, chat to Martinez. If you came with a friend, speak to them. Um, yeah. Thank you. Bless you guys.